0: Hey, you guys, this is Heidi St. John. Today is Wednesday, June 6th. Welcome so- welcome to the podcast. I've got a lot on my mind today. We're going to be talking about what's coming up at MomStrong International, but also I really want to touch on an incredible decision that was just issued by the Supreme Court on Tuesday regarding a baker who took his refusal to bake a wedding cake for a same-sex couple all the way to the United States Supreme Court. That ruling is going to have an incredible impact on the Christian community, and we're going to talk about it. So stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. All right. So first of all, before I do anything else, uh, I just want to say thank you to everybody in Iowa that came out for the Iowa, the Homeschool Iowa Convention this last weekend. Uh, I always love meeting podcast listeners when I'm out on the road. So I'm sitting here right now and I'm recording this uh, with my husband. So it's just the two of us. And I'm surrounded by, as I look around me, uh, school books and some laundry and some cups that look like they've been sitting here for 14 days. (laughs) I forget that there are so many of you out there that are listening to the podcast. So I just wanted to say thank you to all the moms who come up and tell me that I'm their laundry buddy, or they go running, or they're listening in the shower, or while they're doing the dishes, and also for the many, many uh, husbands that I've met also out on the road this weekend. So it encourages us uh, as we hear what God is doing, and it encourages us to keep going. So thank you so much for, for coming out and for encouraging us in that direction. Also, we wanted to kind of bring you up to speed about where I am headed. I will be leaving today for the Virginia Convention. Uh, So if you've never been to the HEAV Convention, it's one of my favorites in the country. Uh, It's a huge convention. My friend, actually, Kathy Cook is gonna be there. I looked at their lineup. They have a stunning lineup of speakers, of which I am only one, and there's several really great speakers there. Sam Sorbo will be there. Many of these people who have been on my podcast before, so I know that you guys are going to be encouraged. Uh, the reason I love homeschool conferences so much is that it gives parents an opportunity to kind of hit the reset button and remember why we're doing what we're doing. I've said this many times at the podcast, and I'm going to say it again right now, homeschooling's not the answer. Uh, It's not going to, homeschooling is not going to protect your children. It's not going to turn them into uh, Christ followers. The answer is a growing, uh, breathing, living relationship with the Lord Jesus. And really coming to a convention, you're going to have a lot of hands-on stuff. You're going to get to see curriculum and talk to the people that have written it. But more than that, uh, I know at places like uh, Iowa and for sure in Virginia, and it teach them diligently, you're going to hear about the importance of prioritizing your relationship with the Lord. And that really has to be the first thing. That's where we find victory, right? And so that's what we're talking about at MomStrong International all month. I also wanted to say thank you, thank you, thank you for so many of you who have come over and joined MomStrong International. We are growing over there and it's encouraging to me to see you getting into the word of God and prioritizing what God says in his word. Because really that's where this thing is gonna be won and lost, right? The culture and uh, I just had an opportunity to do an, a Facebook Live and a radio interview with my friend Ryan Dobson on Monday. And we were talking a little bit about the priority of the Word of God. And he was saying, you know, what do you tell people when they say, I don't have time to get in the Word? Well, you guys heard me talk about that, right? Uh, last week on the podcast. But I think it's important as we talk about prayer and we talk about what's, we're going to in a minute talk about what just happened at the Supreme Court, probably some of the biggest news that we have uh, had so far out of the Supreme Court in favor of religious liberty. But I believe that was brought about by the hand of God and the prayers of God's people. The Bible says that God honors the prayers of his people, that he is listening. The Bible says that when we pray, the God of heaven's armies, the Lord of heaven's armies, uh, bends down to listen. He listens to us. Matthew Henry wrote in his diary, he said, I love prayer because it's what buckles on all the Christians' armor. Prayer is what connects us to heavenly places to find the resources necessary for the battle. And we've been talking about the battle that we're in and strategies for spiritual warfare over at Strong International. And as we wrap it up this month and move on to a different topic for the month of July, I want you to think with me for just a minute about all of the things in your life that you have brought before the Lord in prayer. God answers prayer. And I think as we pray for our nation and we pray for healing, we pray for wisdom, one of the promises that God gives us in Psalm 119 is that the person who prays and who is in the word of God will be wiser than his teacher. The Bible actually says that when we uh, cry out to God as a nation, that He listens to us. The Bible says, "Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. And any anytime we decide to move away from the power of prayer and walk in and right relationship with the Lord, suffering is the sure result. And the first place we will see suffering in the nation is when uh, our government at the highest firms of government, When people decide to walk away from the Lord and abandon his word and abandon his truth, you will see suffering in the culture. And certainly that's what we have seen uh, in the last several years as the transgender movement has taken front and center in our public schools. Really so much of what's happening in the culture right now can be directly linked to our unwillingness as believers to commit ourselves to prayer. And to commit ourselves in the private places of our lives to walking a set-apart life. And so we want to believe uh, that God, not only that, that he answers prayer, but that it's powerful. John Piper said that until you believe that life is war, you cannot know what prayer is for. And he's absolutely right. Jesus knew this too. He would often slip away to pray. The Bible records in Luke 5, verse 16, uh, that Jesus uh, went away to pray. And just as a soldier's equipment is designed for an earthly battle, your equipment, men and women, as believers, is meant for spiritual warfare. And in the book of Ephesians, Paul was very purposeful in adding prayer to his metaphor about armor. He knew that he knew what we needed to know. And that is this we have access to the Lord of Heaven's armies through a simple, profound thing that we call prayer. And we can learn a lot about prayer and the importance of it by studying how prayer was used in the Bible by believers and also by Jesus himself. So the first thing we wanna do when we begin to pray, and Jay and I have prayed over our nation, over what is happening. We have been praying specifically about the Supreme Court ruling. We prayed about the election. We pray about things happening with our children, uh, things happening inside of our ministry. We prayed for the Homeschool Resource Center. I think sometimes we've forgotten the power of prayer. And the Bible says in James one verse six that we have to pray with faith. That means that we, we believe that God is listening, right? That's that shield of faith. We believe that God is listening. Then in Matthew nine verses 28 to 30, we read that we are supposed to pray believing that God will give us what we're asking for. Now there's a caveat to that, right? Because in Romans, we know that God says, I work all things together for good. So does it mean that everything that we pray for, we're gonna get? No. No. That's why we pray saying, we we want your will, Father, not our will. We pray in the name of Jesus, and then we pick up our shield of faith, and we believe that God is able to do what we're asking, and that he will do what is in our best interest. So in the days of the early church, uh believers were living in a climate of fear and persecution, right? They knew uh, what we need to be reminded of, that God was the only source of protection and blessing that was actually true and real, and they believed it. And they lived it out in a time of incredible trial and testing for the church. And the church is being tested today. And certainly we are being tested. I have said this, I started saying this years ago, and I still believe it's true. Uh, the issue of sexual sin inside the church will be the defining issue of this generation of believers. Not the defining issue for, uh, for people who don't claim the name of Jesus, but defining for those of us who believe in the inerrancy and the authority of scripture, because we're finding ourselves in an increasingly, uh, an increasingly secularized culture and we're criticized, right? We're criticized by modern day Pharisees. These are religious people who don't understand the scope of uh, the authority of scripture in the life of a Christian. And we're criticized by those who just don't have, who have rejected the message of the gospel, right? So the early church couldn't have survived without fervent prayer to God. And you guys, listen, neither will we. In Acts chapter four, the early church convened an emergency prayer meeting in response to the extreme persecution from Jewish authorities. And again, in Acts chapter 12, when Peter was in prison and likely to be executed, they prayed again, and they set the example for all of us to follow in times of crisis. But I want to encourage you again, not to live in a state of reactive Christianity. This prayer that we are reading about in Acts, and we're reading about in Ephesians, and in Romans, uh, and in Matthew— this should be the hallmark of every believer. We pray with boldness, according to Hebrews uh, chapter 10, a confidence uh, and a freedom when we go before the Lord, because Christ has already made a way for us into the Holy of Holies by, his, by the shed blood of Jesus. So we can approach the Lord with boldness and confidence. In James, we learn that we are called to pray from a place of repentance and the bible also teaches us that our prayers can be hindered how do how are, can our prayers be hindered well the best way to hinder your prayers is through unconfessed sin and this is in this is in our lives it, you know it's so easy for us right to live a life of in a victim mentality because we refuse we can refuse to offer our weaknesses to the lord and confess our sin and say lord help me move away from this place of victimization And move into a place of victory. So we want to, we want to be able to do that. And we want to learn to play, pray, uh, the scriptures from a place of repentance, right? So if you're struggling with your prayer life right now, the first thing we want to do is say, Lord, what is it in my life? Is there anything in my life that's hindering, uh, my prayers? Is there anything in my life that's keeping me from experiencing the victory that I so long to have? And oftentimes we will find upon close examination, especially if we're listening to the prodding of the Holy Spirit, right? That's me, I know, uh, in my heart of hearts when I'm doing something that doesn't please the Lord. And the Bible teaches us that we are called to, write, uh, to a right relationship with the Lord when we come to him in prayer. The last thing I wanna just touch on, and then we're gonna move on to this stunning decision by the United States Supreme Court, which I believe was a direct result of the prayers of God's people. Uh, I want to encourage you to pray the scriptures. When Jesus was being tempted by Satan in the wilderness, he cried out to his father using the word of God. And I, I talk about this all the time here at the podcast because I want you to understand that this is a powerful weapon and it's a good reason to know scripture. In Luke 4, verse 12, Jesus answered the devil with a profound scripture. And uh, I'm going to encourage you to look it up. You can find it in Deuteronomy 6, verse 16. If you're listening to this, maybe come back to it later. But notice how Jesus himself did battle with the enemy. He refuted the lies of the enemy with the truth of scripture. And that's what we need to know. We need to know the truth of scripture. And I think it relates to what's happening in the culture today because it's easy for us to kind of go backwards and to start uh, and to start saying and to start become legalistic again and we don't want to do that we don't want to become legalistic and we don't want to live in a place of such liberty that we cheapen the grace that we've been given through the death of Jesus so at momstrong international for the whole month of June we're going to be uh, highlighting a couple of specific points kind of going back to what we've been studying so we're going to start with prayer that's what we're doing this week we started on monday So today's Wednesday. So if you guys are, if you've downloaded the study with me, uh, you should be somewhere in the middle of this week's study on prayer. Next week, we're going to talk about perseverance. The week after that, we're going to talk about victory and how God wants us to operate from a place of victory and not from uh, a victim mentality. So prevalent in the culture right now. So we're going to address that on the week of June the 18th. And then finally, in the week of June 25th, so all of these studies start on Mondays, Uh, On the week of the 25th of June, we're gonna kind of wrap it all up and uh, tie a bow on it and send you guys back out onto the battlefield. If you have not yet joined me over at MomStrong International, it is my heart and passion to see you walking every day in relationship with the Lord, so not just sitting stagnant, but actually growing in your walk with God, and you do that by being in the Word. So, if you haven't joined Moms Strong International, now is a great time to do it. We're just at the sixth of June, so right at the beginning of the month of June, we've just started the Scripture Writing Challenge for this month. We're st- we're going to be writing about prayer and the priority of it and the power of it. And uh, and someone asked me the other day <laughs> in Iowa, she said, "Why aren't you doing anything else with your Scripture writing?" except for scripture? And my answer is simple because there's power in it. There's power in the word of God, It's a standalone, you guys. God's word is a standalone. And so the scripture writing is a standalone. It's an opportunity for you to get into the word. And then at MomStrong International with the Bible studies, we take it a step farther and then we unpack some of the truths of God's word and we apply them to our lives. So that's why I'm so passionate about uh, the Bible studies. That's why I want you guys to join over at MomStrong International and sign up for those monthly Bible studies. I also want to say, if you have wondered how you can support this ministry, that's how you can do it. So not only can you get in there and actually, we're going to help you grow and give you tools and resources to grow in your relationship with the Lord, but that little monthly uh, seven dollars that you send to get that to get access to the uh, to the MomStrong International studies really goes to support the ministry here at the podcast. So I want to encourage you to do that, and uh, I hope it blesses you. I would love to hear your feedback. You can message me over at the forums at MomStrong International and uh, let us know what's going on in your life. We are also, hey, hey, uh, now is a great time to let us know what kinds of things you would like to see us studying in the next six months. So we are putting together the plan right now for the next six months of study over at MomStrong International. This is my time to do that because I'm going to be getting off the road. (laughs) So I'll be spending the next couple of months at home. I'm going to paint some things. I'm absolutely gonna paint some things. I think I'm gonna paint my, my. I'm gonna to try to do something that makes me feel normal that doesn't have to do with airplanes. <laughs> so I would love to hear from you about uh, what you would love to see covered in the months to come. Then also, if you wanna be a leader, and I hope that you will, fill out the leadership application and you will have access to leadership material and uh, videos that I do specifically for the leaders every month over at MomStrong International. Um, speaking of leading, I am just about finished with a book I bought at an airport uh, at an airport store called How Successful People Lead by John Maxwell. I've read almost everything this man has ever written about leadership, and this might be one of my favorite books. So if you're thinking, I might wanna be a leader or I might wanna be a mentor, check it out. I'll link back to it today, How Successful Le- People Lead, Uh, by John Maxwell. All right, let's take a couple of minutes, you guys, and talk about this ruling that was just issued by the United States Supreme Court. So the justices, everyone's calling this a narrow decision. So I want to explain why they're calling it a narrow decision because it wasn't narrow in the vote. It was actually a stunning victory uh, because the justices in a seven to two decision, two of the liberal justices actually sided with conservative justices on this issue. And uh, the justices said, that the Colorado Civil Rights Commission showed an impermissible hostility toward religion when it found that Baker Jack Phillips violated the state's anti-discrimination laws by refusing to serve a gay couple a custom wedding cake. Now, the the thing you need to hear here is the key word is custom. So Jack did Jack Phillips did not refuse to serve a gay couple. He said, I'll give you cupcakes. I will make, I'll make cupcakes for you. You could have, uh, any one of the cakes in here. I'm just not going to custom design it for you. So if they wanted to come in and buy say, uh, a wedding cake that Jack didn't have to write anything on or didn't have to custom, uh, custom design for them, he would have done it, but that's not what they wanted. They wanted him to custom design a cake. And he said he could, he could not, Celebrate what he knows to be sin, and this is so crucial, men and women, in your in your discussions with people who disagree with you, in your discussions. When we talk about uh, the gay and lesbian and transgender community, it is wrong for a Christian to uh, treat someone like that with hostility. It is equally wrong for for an LGBTQ uh, person. To treat a Christian with hostility because the Christian refuses to engage in a celebration that they know will bring suffering. And this is at the core of the issue. So when when the news reports that the decision was narrow, what they mean is that the justices didn't issue a definitive ruling on the circumstances under which people can seek exemptions from anti-discrimination laws based on religion. so And and the decision didn't address the important claims that were raised in the case, which included whether or not baking a cake is a kind of expressive act protected by the Constitution's free speech guarantee. So what this tells me is this is going to come back to the court again. uh, Because I believe that baking a cake absolutely is an expression of art, right? Just like taking pictures. These are all art. And Jack Phillips told the court he doesn't bake cakes for Halloween because he's not he's not going to celebrate Halloween. He said he would never bake a cake that would discriminate, that would openly um, uh, that would openly criticize or make fun of uh, a gay couple. He wouldn't make a cake that made fun of anybody. And so he has a standard of cakes he will and will not. Uh, create and this was really at the core, and I think this is why uh, two of the court's four liberal justices, uh, Stephen Breyer and Elena Kagan, which actually shocked me, joined the five conservative justices in the ruling. And the ruling itself was authored by uh, Anthony Kennedy, who also wrote the landmark 2015 decision, which legalized gay marriage nationwide. So you can see the struggle that they're having, and the argument is an is an incredibly powerful argument. Uh, because the baker was saying, "Listen, you can. I'm not going to discriminate against you. You can come into my store and I'll serve you, but I won't create something specifically that I that I know is going to celebrate something that I believe to be wrong based on my beliefs as a Christian." So both sides in the case have claimed a measure of victory. Uh, obviously, um, Jack's lawyers said that the ruling emphasized that the government must respect religious beliefs, but then the gay couple also said that they believed that the ruling embraced the importance of gay rights and made it clear that businesses open to the public must serve everyone. And that's actually, I think that's true too. Yes, we're gonna serve you. We're not gonna say you can't come in and eat at our restaurant, but we're also not gonna create custom things for you which violate uh, our religious beliefs, which is exactly, unfortunately, what happened to the bakers in Gresham, Oregon. Same thing, Uh, those, those people lost their business for the same thing. So I'm hoping that this will set a precedent And uh, people will begin to have a conversation. You know, as the court said, tolerance is a two-way street. And Phillips, in a statement, said that it's hard to believe that the government punished me for operating my business consistent with my beliefs about marriage. That isn't freedom or tolerance. And I think he is absolutely right. 72 percent. Now, this is from uh, Reuters, right? 72 percent of U.S. adults believe that businesses should not have the right on religious grounds to deny services to customers based on their sexual orientation, but our society has come to the recognition that gay people cannot be treated as social outcasts or inferior in dignity and worth, and I absolutely agree with that, but this was not, this ruling is not about that. This is saying you can't force somebody to uh, create a custom, uh, uh, to engage, I guess, this is a better way, you can't force somebody to engage in something that they believe to be wrong. And when you force somebody to uh, create a custom cake or create custom artwork or even pictures for weddings, which they believe they they shouldn't be participating in, you have violated their rights as an American. So Justice Kennedy said that the uh, the Colorado State Commission's hostility toward religion, quote, was inconsistent with the First Amendment's guarantee that our laws be applied in a manner that is neutral toward religion. So we'll see where this goes. But I wanna just encourage you, uh, first of all, Um, I believe in the power of prayer. And I've been praying, as you know, for uh, our government, for President Trump. I prayed, by the way, for Barack Obama. I didn't agree with, with well, I would say 99% of the stuff that that guy did when he was our president was frustrating for me as a person and as a patriot and uh, as a Christian. But I prayed for him. And we have a responsibility to pray for our leaders. The Bible is very clear about what happens to nations whose leaders walk away from the Lord or whose leaders live in open rebellion. Against What god says is right and suffering is always the result of a nation that walks away from the lord And so we continue to pray that christians would be awakened In this nation that we would be who god says we are that we would speak the truth in love that we would treat The people around us kindly but also that we would be ambassadors for the lord jesus We are called to be ambassadors. That means we speak the truth in love and as an ambassador you want to represent the lord rightly And so that's really what we wanna be doing in the culture today. I wanna encourage you to keep praying, keep believing, keep talking to your children, mom and dad, about what's happening in the culture and teach them to engage the people around them with truth and with love. I hope you guys have enjoyed the podcast uh, thus far. We are now halfway through the year. Um, On Friday, I'm gonna be having a new friend of mine. Actually, I haven't met her yet, but her name is Beth Vogt and she is an author. She writes fiction and she will be joining me on Friday for the podcast. So stay tuned for that. And one more thing before I go, I'm going to be bringing the oil ladies back again to share with you how to use essential oils and how to care for yourselves. You guys remember my friend, Dr. Edie Wadsworth from Life in Grace? She's going to be coming back. My friend Candice uh, Crabtree and my assistant, Melissa Crabtree, are all going to be offering live videos all week long teaching about non-toxic products, oils, makeup, essential oils, they're my jam. You guys know there's a bunch of you see me traveling with them on this, <laughs> this season. So we had a great time at our class in March, and I know you're gonna love it again. So you can go to my Facebook page and you will see it linked by the groups that are hosted on my page. And again, the date for that is June 6th to 12. It's Essential Oils for the Busy Moms. Join me, we're gonna have some fun. And in the meantime, I hope you guys are gonna get into the word of God today. Check it out. Go to MomStrong International. You can sign up for free and download the scripture writing challenge and you can take it a step further and really grow in your relationship with the Lord and support this ministry at the same time. So we really appreciate you guys. We love you. We look forward to meeting many of you in Richmond, Virginia this weekend. I'll see you back here on Friday. For more encouragement, visit me online at thebusymom.com.